episode 87 everybody with elite runner sarah horrible from the west side of cleveland from westlake ohio blown away by her story blown away by her dedication her commitment to her her running regimen to the goals she set for herself the highest of goals this is a woman who came in second place this year in the women's division at the cleveland rite aid marathon and she won it in 2018 and this she just started running marathons about five years ago so anyone that says they can't do something I would strongly suggest you listen very, very closely to this next episode. You might, you might not, you might not win marathons, but the mindset, the dedication, the commitment, the positivity, that can-do attitude—nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to get in my way. I, I'm committed to the cause. Those kind of things, you'll feel it, you'll hear it, and you'll say, "How do I put that into my everyday practice?" It might not be in running. It might be something totally different. But how do I put that kind of my, mindset into my practice? I was blown away by uh, by our conversation. I really appreciate Sarah's time. Check her out on Instagram. Check her out at the website. We've linked everything up in the show notes. And with that said, please click subscribe, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. Subscribe to the show. We're continuing to grow and appreciate that from all you guys. And then once you have subscribed, sit back, relax, and as always, please welcome the one and only Sarah Horrible. The Optimal Life. Sarah, welcome. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I, you know, I, I'm doing great. I feel a little bit worse about myself when I see people like you, just absolutely <laughs> killing it out there. So, uh, I'm just fascinated by people like you that are able to accomplish such amazing things. Well, and, thank you. And I came across your page I saw you uh, I don't know what it was maybe on Facebook or something with the Cleveland Rite Aid Marathon and saw that you came in second place this year in the entire event for all females and and you came in first place you won the whole thing last year in 2018 I did yes and I said I need to talk to this person and see what the secret is so tell us (laughs) First off, congratulations, and take us through, what is what is a week in the life of, of Sarah, how do you say your last name, Hor- Horrible? Horrible. Horrible, so horrible, like horrible. Horrible without the middle syllable, but I always say that I'm not horrible. <laughs> Far from it, exactly. So what in okay. the world is the life, like a week in the life, what, what is it like? Tell us. So training-wise, is that what you want to know, like weekly mileage and workouts and things like that? Yeah, yeah. Take us through your training. What's a typical training regimen? Well, when I am, I guess, in full-blown training mode, like preparing for the Cleveland Marathon, I was averaging about 70 miles per week, running every day. Um, I occasionally took a rest day, but it didn't happen that often. Um, Tuesdays are my days, um, is my day of the week where I go to the track and I do a speed workout. Thursdays, I do some type of like tempo run or a threshold workout. So it might be something like four by two mile repeats or six by mile repeats, or maybe I'll go for a five mile run, um, a little bit faster than like goal marathon pace. Um, And then Saturday mornings is when I do my long runs. And then the other days are my recovery runs, um, which are anywhere from like four to 10 miles, not at any particular pace, usually in the sevens. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm tired from even listening to that. Your, your, your recovery runs are four to 10 miles recovery. Yeah. 
Depending on the day, yes. <laughs> wow. When did you start running? When did this all begin for you? Um, okay, so I started running when I was a kid, when I was in third grade. Um, I joined the track team, and I ran track and cross country in grade school. But then in high school, I only ran track, and I was a sprinter. And then after high school, I just continued running to stay in shape and exercise in college and the years after. And it wasn't until 2014 when I decided to sign up for my first marathon. So that's when I got into marathoning and um, back into, I guess, competitive road racing. That's incredible. So you've only been doing these long distance runs for about five years now. Yes, about five years. That's that's incredible. And so you're you were obviously physically fit. You were an athlete. You were at the Ohio State University, might I add, right? O H O H I O. I O, yes. And uh, so you were obviously always into staying fit and physically fit, but what what happens? I mean, what where where does it go from okay, I want to get into some of these longer distant runs in 2014? How do you go from that to this what I would imagine is some type of a obsession where it becomes like your whole life putting in 60, 70 mile weeks. Like, how does that transition happen? So, it was definitely very gradual. My first marathon was in Cleveland in 2014, and I ran a 310, so that was my first attempt at Which a is great, which is a great time. I mean, that's an absurd time. So, when I was able to do that, I was like, okay, like, I'm going to sign up for more races um, of all distances. Let's just keep up with this. Maybe eventually I'll run another marathon, but I qualified for Boston. So, I knew, like, I'm going to go to the Boston Marathon because I've heard so much about that, how it's this famous, prestigious race. Um, And so, I ended up running the Boston Marathon in 2015. And then it just turned into, okay, next year I'm going to run another marathon. So in 2016, um, I ran a 307, and that was in Cleveland again. It was the year where it was like 35 degrees and snowing and sleeting and raining, and it was a giant mess. So I improved my time a little bit then. And then the following year, I was like, okay, time to run another marathon. Let's try to break three hours. So that was in 2017, and I ran a 2:56. So I was like, okay, like I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting faster. Um, this is awesome. I don't know if I can ever get faster than this, though. I feel like 2:56 is probably the fastest marathon I'm ever going to run. And then 2018 rolled around, and I signed up for the Cleveland Marathon again, um, and I ended up running a 2.51 and finishing as the first overall female. And I think I shocked myself, like exceeded my own expectations because I just wanted to break three hours again. That was my plan. I was like, okay, let's try to do this. If it doesn't happen, like that's fine. Um, And then I had a really good day and I felt amazing. And I, I ran five minutes faster than the year before. So I think, you know, just chipping off a few minutes at a time, it just, it was this gradual progression. And then um, after that, I think that was a confidence boost that I kind of needed. Like, okay, I ran a 251 to qualify for the Olympic trials to run a 245 or faster, which, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, that's unattainable. There's no way I am ever going to be able to run that fast. Well, 
it ended up happening. <laughs> that happened so, in Minnesota, correct? Yes, that yeah. happened at the Twin Cities Marathon um, this past fall, October of 2018. I ran a 242.58. Oh, freaking believable. Holy shit. So oh. there's a bunch of things. Moving back, because that just, you know, you, you just, this year I ran this, and then five minutes faster than five minutes, and, and people are like, oh, that sounds easy, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so throughout that whole time, you were only running basically just one marathon a year? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were typically staying local, staying and doing Cleveland. So why only one marathon? Let, well, let's start um, there. Why only one marathon a year? You know, marathon training, it's pretty time-consuming. Um, just like fitting in those long runs on the weekend, and you really have to make sure that you are following your training and getting your runs in. And so I would dedicate like tw- the 12 weeks leading up and that would, that's when I would be a little more serious, making sure I'm getting in my runs and long runs and whatnot. Um, and I just think I felt like that's what my body could handle as well, just to be smart and safe. Right. Um, so, yeah, it just would be like, okay, it's February. Let's sign up for the Cleveland Marathon again. I don't know. I guess it was a routine that I got into. So yeah. the Cleveland Marathon is typically in like that May time frame. So. From yes. June to January, what is life like for you in those years, June to January? Are you working out? Are you running? Or what, what are you doing? Um, well, last year, I took my training like kind of to the next level in order to qualify for the Olympic trials. So I definitely stepped up my game last summer because that race was in October. So I took a short break after the 2018 Cleveland Marathon, and then I got back into serious training mode, and then the race was in October, um, I like took like a week off of running. I usually take an entire week off of running after a marathon, and then I just got back into just, I mean, just runs, no workouts, nothing structured. And then in December, I started training again with like a regimented schedule. Mm-hmm. And so that led up to this, the Cleveland Marathon in May. And right now, I'm gradually building my mileage back up. Um, trying not to do that too soon. Need to give my body a little bit of a break. But I do have some half marathons coming up um, later this summer and in the fall. So I will be back um, into full-blown training mode for those. So in those off-seasons, again, like Mm -hmm. the June to to January, I I mean, I'd imagine that you can't, even though you're not, quote-unquote, in training season in that 12, 14, 16-week uh, intense training, getting pre- preparing for the marathon. You're kind of always training, though, right? Because if you let yourself go too much, I'd imagine you don't just pick back up right where you left off seven months later. Yeah, to be quite honest, um, from the be- from December first until the Cleveland Marathon, I was in full blown training mode. Like there was no stopping because I ran races um, before the Cleveland Marathon. Like I ran a race in Florida in February. Um, I ran the Cherry Blossom 10-miler in D.C. at the beginning of April. I ran the Glass City Half Marathon at the end of April. So it was I was, you know, in training mode for those, whatever, five and a half months leading up to the race. So um, probably within the next few weeks, I'm hoping to have my mileage back up at around 70. Um, so I'm ready starting to get ready for these half marathons that I'll have coming up in the fall. So I think this year is definitely 
more race heavy and a little bit more intense than years past. <laughs> what what are, when you wake up and you like you know what I've put in fifty freaking plus miles this week. I am too tired of going another five or ten miles today. But you know you have to because in your mind you've got the Olympic trials and whatever other motivations that you have. What is the mindset? How do you how do you keep pushing? You know, honestly, I don't wake up in the morning and think I don't want to do this. It mm. it maybe that's just how I am. I like so you so you're up. sick is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I really don't mind getting up and going for a run. Like, I think it is the best way to start the day. I always feel so accomplished and so happy um, once I'm back home, like after I've gone for my run or I've done my workout. Um, I'm not really the type of person who their alarm goes off and they keep hitting snooze. Like, I don't know. I am, I'm up and I'm ready to go. I turn on music, I make coffee, and I start my day, and I like getting out there. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Can I call you in the morning? You give me yes. a little little boost every morning? Yeah. Yes, I will give you a motivational <laughs> speech every morning to out of bed so you can start your day and work out. <laughs> so how does this affect, I mean, I've looked at your Instagram. I don't know much about your personal life. How does this affect your personal life when it comes to, are you in a, a committed relationship or anything um, like that? I'm not at the moment, no. I would imagine it's got to be tough based upon your regimen. Yeah, going to have to find someone who's kind of um, understanding of the lifestyle, I would say. So somebody who has a serious passion or hobby that they devote a lot of time to, or they're just laid back in the sense where they're like, oh, Sarah has to go to bed early. Sarah gets up early and she has to go for her runs and she's not going to go out on Friday nights because she does her long runs on Saturday morning like she likes to be healthy and mm -hmm. there are plenty of people like that out there but it is it's a whole lifestyle that I'm living it is I'd imagine that that's got to be extremely tricky it has to be because and plus you're working full-time mm -hmm. so it's not like you're just just every day just working out you've got a job a career right Right. Um, and then you're putting in 70 miles a, a week approximately, especially in these in these heightened training seasons. Uh -huh. um, and then you've got travels too, you know, if you're doing these other marathons or these other halves or these 10Ks, whatever it is. And I've seen that your profile is raising with these each race. It seems like you're getting more and more attention. So then, yeah. you, then you have obligations like the Optimal Life podcast. See, I mean that's a, yes. that's a half hour out of your life right there. But these are fun things. I like yeah. the I like doing things like this. Yeah, no, but, but I, you're you're, you're definitely committed to, to to this is this is your number one thing, right? At this point in your life. Right, it is, um, and it does involve like careful planning and balancing, you know, running, working. I try to have a social life. I do get together with my friends a couple times a week. Um, They're like, oh so my I, God, she's actually alive. She's calling us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think I'm very, I'm, I'm a busy person because um, I do like to fit it all in, but I also make sure that I schedule downtime so I don't burn myself out. What time do you wake up in the morning? Um, it really depends on how many miles or what I need to get in that morning. So, I mean, if it's a longer workout or a longer run, I'll be up at around 530. 
and I'm out the door by like 6.30, but if it, I mean, if it's a shorter run, I'll sleep in a little bit later to like 6 or 6.15. And what time, what's your work, is your work schedule flexible? Um, 8 to 5. Okay, so when you're doing a run in the morning, you're what, running from like 6.30 to 7.30 or something like that? Um, well, here's what's nice. I work remotely from home, uh, so I can walk in the door at 7.55 and then log on at 8 o'clock. That, now that is perfect. You, it is. You know what? It's almost like you need that for that kind of life. For, for, you need to have that kind of flexibility. It's so nice, yeah. Because imagine then, if you had to get in a car and fight traffic and dra- drive 15 miles every day back and forth. Right. That would really interfere with, with this whole running thing. Yeah. And that's why I like running in the morning, too. Like, I could wait until, you know, 5.30 to go running, but I don't know. At that point in the day, I know some people prefer to work out in the evening, but I'm on a different schedule where I like early morning working out. So are you ever sore now, or what does it take for you to get sore from runs? Um, you know, on occasion, but I like to think I take good care of myself, and I foam roll, um, I get massages, I go to the chiropractor, I go to the physical therapist, like I got dry needling done today, which is very helpful. I've gotten it done twice so far, and I really like it. Have you ever gotten dry needling done? I've never. I was going to say, what, what exactly is that? Okay, so it helps relieve um, muscle tension and tightness, like if you have sore areas or really bad knots. So my hamstring, my left hamstring specifically, I needed to get it done, and it, it makes a difference. I do recommend it. So what so, do they do? They just they just put the needles in, into the, insert into the skin? Yeah, so, she, so the physical therapist feels around for tight areas, for like knotted areas, and then she puts this really thin needle in there for not even 10 seconds, I don't think, and you can kind of like feel the muscle release. It it hurts a little bit, but not really. It's a, wow. I don't know, it's a weird feeling, <laughs> you but do, I like it. You do, uh, you do yoga as well, correct? I do. I go to a yoga class once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it complements running very well. I got to tell you, I do yoga up at Lifetime Fitness. And do you? Yeah, and, and I got their their instructors at Lifetime are second to none. People oh, don't wow. realize the classes there are they have so many different options. But mm-hmm. I typically do. I got involved. I got into like maybe it was last August September. I started going to the hot flow classes, and I'm just completely oh. obsessed. Hot classes are the oh. best. Once I started going to those, I I was like I can't go to the regular ones anymore. I need right? the heat. It's it is such a bonus. Like it feels so good on your muscles. It's be- you know? and, and, and for me, everything with working out has always been mental and emotional. Like obviously, I love the physical benefits from it, and that's a huge part. But for me, it's like the mental and emotional. Like when when I do a flow yoga class, and you're sweating in an hour long class, and then I'll I'll even go and sit in the sauna afterwards for 15 minutes just to really torture myself. <laughs> But but I, I'm telling you, there's something that happens that day where I feel like like there's not there's no stress. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like, do you have the same the same benefits from it? Oh yeah, absolutely. When I leave a yoga class, I feel renewed in a sense. Yes. Yeah, it's such a good feeling, and to sweat all that out, to you really feel like toxins are leaving your body, and you just feel I don't know the. The stretching that goes with it, you just feel so refreshed and, I don't know, you're almost like, 
It's You're like, like you jelly. Push, you, yeah, it's almost like you push like a restart button on yourself or something. Yeah, you're like, how do I feel like I want to get pissed off right now? You just can't figure out a way to get upset. <laughs> yeah. It's it's incredible. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing with the the benefits and running obviously the same thing. When they people say runners high. Mhm. What exactly does that mean because I'm I mean there's times where I've felt things running, but but talk talk to us. Have you ever felt that and what exactly is it? Oh yeah, it's a real it's a real thing. It happens to me all the time. I don't know, it's almost like a euphoric feeling that you experience when you hit a certain point in your run where I don't know, you really do feel this like happiness high, you know? And almost um, like you can't stop. Like 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 you mm-hmm. can run for days. Yeah, where you can run for days and you're just in this really, really good mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how many miles does it typically take to get there? Mm, I think it depends on the run. I mean, it might not happen every single run. Uh, if it does happen, I usually it's like maybe four miles in or something. It just depends on the day, depends on the run. But it is a real-life thing that happens often, at least to me. Do you get those kind of feelings when you're actually on race day, like a marathon day? Well, marathon's a little more challenging on the body, so that doesn't necessarily always <laughs> exactly. happen. Right, you're not just especially, going at a nice pace. You, you, especially you know. when you hit like mile twenty-two, you're just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you're going. You're going. What the hell did I sign up here for? What am I yeah. doing with myself? I know yeah. there's times where I've run, and I don't run like you by any means, but there's times where I've run like even just a five or ten k on a hot summer day, and I'm going, what? The, this is the last time I'm ever doing this. This is ridiculous. But then you end up doing, and then you end up doing it again. Yeah, literally the, later that night, you're like, I gotta sign up for the next one. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a strange thing, but again, that's all back to the emotional and mental benefits exactly. that I think we get from from these from pushing ourselves. Um, so for you, I mean, I imagine that the running is also therapeutic. Absolutely. Yeah. Allows you to clear your mind and do all those things. I mean. It, it, in your wildest dreams, when you started, hey, I'm going to sign up for a marathon, did you ever imagine five years later, you, or four or five years later, you'd be coming in first and second place? Was that ever on your radar? Oh, I would have never imagined that, honestly. Like, in just thinking about where I started and how far I've come in terms of my time and my ability, I guess I had... Like untapped potential that I didn't know about. Yes. And obviously I'm really glad that I figured this out. But yeah, five years ago, if somebody would have said, Sarah, you're eventually going to run an Olympic trials qualifying time in the marathon, I would have been like, no, I'm not. I'm not that fast. Like there's no way I could ever run that time. <laughs> exactly. And that happened. It's crazy. What yeah. do you contribute to? What do you contribute all these successes, what do you contribute it to? Um, I mean, I think in terms of when it started, it was the Cleveland Marathon kind of as a catalyst, as I said before, that boosted my confidence because I ran a 251. And then um, going from there, it was this attitude that I had where I was like, okay, so I only need to cut this much time off. I'm going to, you know, work my butt off and really commit myself to this process. And I really want this to happen. So just so determined and so disciplined. And I didn't really let anything stand in my way. It was like, this is my goal and 
I want to achieve it. I am making this happen. So like for example, someone would say, hey, come out with us for drinks tonight or some wine, whatever, and you would just decline. You'd say, no, I've got... I've got other actually, things. Yeah. Yeah, I actually remember saying that to somebody. I said, I'm focusing on running right now. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's You have to think about yourself and what you need to do to achieve that goal, even if it means saying no and maybe, you know, being a little less social or I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it takes, commitment. Mm -hmm. It really does take a huge level of commitment and a certain attitude. And you, I think, I don't know, all of those ingredients together, you know, being determined, being disciplined, and really wanting to achieve this goal have helped me get where I am. Do you think that anybody could achieve these types of things with, with the, the right work? Or do you feel that, that some people, no matter how much work they put in, they're not going to necessarily be, you know, coming in first and top top placing uh, in marathons or anything in life? Well, I mean, I think everybody has the ability to set a goal and achieve it. I can't necessarily say that everyone's capable of running, like, a 240 marathon. Like, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to run a 230 marathon. Like, I just don't think my body is capable of doing right, that. Right, right. We so do have, some of us, we are limited. Yeah. We are limited, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we are limited. Some of us are able to do more than others. Yes, well, that's that's well said. But, but that, with that said, if people put the work ethic in, the commitment, the dedication, they could experience some wild things in life that they don't think that they can do. It's all yes. relative. That is 100% true. Yes. Because like we just talked about, I never thought I would run a 242 marathon. Exactly. I never thought I would be going to the Olympic trials. And look at look what's happening. The Olympic um, trials. Holy cow. I mean, when you're training, when you're saying, hey, guys, I'm declining. I've got these other goals. And I want to shave five minutes off or whatever your goals are. Are you, you didn't have a, you didn't have a coach, right? You're doing this all yourself. Yeah, I hired a coach for about a month and a half. It was the beginning of December until the middle of January. And then I decided it just wasn't for me. And um, I went back to doing my own thing and coming up with my own workouts and my own training schedule. Unbelievable. So are you... What's the most important thing if somebody out there that's listening to this is also a, a pretty dedicated, devoted runner like yourself, and they're trying to do the same thing? What's the most important thing? Is it speed work or is it distance work or is it a mix? Um, I, I mean, if you're training for a marathon or really any race, but I guess if I'm focusing specifically on the marathon, um, you should include both. The long run is really important, making sure to get that in on a weekly basis because that builds endurance and, you know, your ability to run at a certain pace for a long period of time. But speed work is important too, even for marathoners. Um, it helps your body use oxygen more efficiently and it also makes your marathon pace seem easier. Mm -hmm. So it's a so, mix. It's a mix. Yeah, but I mean, you really need to make sure that you're consistent with your training, um, be committed to it, and also have confidence in yourself. Confidence is key as well. Unbelievable. I mean, I'm absolutely blown away by these these types of accomplishments. When I saw that it was you that came in second and first, a local girl from Westlake, I'm like, holy shit, man. 
usually it's like usually it's like these Kenyan runners that come in for clean you know it's like I, I was blown away a Kenyan won first this year oh how dare them you know this course <laughs> what did she run it what did she run it in what did she run it in she ran a 245 so she beat me by a few minutes yeah yeah and what was the third place do you know third place um so i ran a 248 third place i think was a 249 okay so it was pretty close i mean that's yeah. very close yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you mentioned the olympic trials what exactly that's coming up in atlanta next year yes in february so what does that entail um really it's just going to be all the women and there's a men's race too who ran the qualifying standard will comp be competing against each other um, in a marathon race that's supposed to be a very tough course, a very hilly course. Mm -hmm. And um, the way it's going to go, it's not necessarily top three anymore. They changed it. Now there are there's a qualifying time. So I'm assuming this will happen. The top three, um, if they break 229.30 in the women's race, that's who advances to the Olympics. So now there's a time that goes along with it. Wow. So essentially, <laughs> I'll be going down there. I'm going to, you know, train my butt off for this race and run, hopefully, um, a time I can be proud of and just enjoy the experience. Is that's there an favorite. ultimate goal with this whole running journey? Is there an ultimate goal for you? Um, I think going to the trials was pretty much the ultimate goal. Um, so once I've gone and run that, I, I don't really know from there. I think it's just a way for me to, I don't, I don't even know how I want to word this. Now that I know that um, I'm capable of running these times, I want to do this while I can, continue racing while I can, so when I'm older I can look back and not have regrets, kind of like, why didn't I do more with running, you right, know? Right, sure, so sure. I want to do what I can with it right now so I can look back and be proud of my accomplishments and know that there wasn't more that I could have done. Have you ever thought of leveraging like any of this into some type of business or, or some type of coaching, anything like that? Actually, yes. I've been talking to some people about this recently, how eventually I, I really truly think I would like to coach high school track and or cross country. And I think it would also be really enjoyable to write personalized marathon training plans for adults. Yes. Mm -hmm. you, you, you definitely uh, might, you, you seem to know a thing or two about it, so... Yeah, I think that's, I would really enjoy that. Uh, that's uh, that's fantastic. Well, I, like I said, I mean, uh, the, your accomplishments are truly incredible. Um, I remember I had this girl on. Uh, you know Alyssa Kalaric, right? Kalaric? I know who she is. We follow each other on Instagram. We've okay. never met, okay. but we've messaged, we've commented on each other's posts. I feel like there's a whole world of Insta runners, and we yes. all know each other in that way. She was one of my first guests on this podcast. Sweet, oh, real cool. sweetheart. Yeah, she was one of, like, yeah. I think episode, I don't know, three or four, something like that. Okay. Here awesome. we are at episode 87, almost two years later, so uh, things are, oh my yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. Good um, for you. Thank you, but you know, every time I talk to somebody like her, yourself, these other physical fit, anybody, I mean, the reason I do this podcast is, again, to talk to people that 
I just am so inspired by it. You know, when you when you see somebody else and you go, I, I can't ever imagine being able to do that. There's something like, I want to talk to that person. I want to get to know, like, what are they doing? You know what I mean? It's really it's really intriguing. And, and, and everyone I talk to has the exact same kind of conclusion. You have to be dedicated to the cause. Right. First and mm-hmm. foremost. Like, nothing, like, that has to be number one. You right. can't let any outside noise, distractions get involved. Right. I, I mean, the fact that you don't have a, a significant other or even kids, I mean, that's that's huge for what you're doing right now. I don't know yeah. how you can do it with, with a, a full-blown fa- uh, you know, like family life. You have to be really good at time management. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. So how do people find you online? How do people find me? Yeah, like uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, website. Yeah, if people want to if people want to connect with you on Instagram or your website. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, my Instagram name is Sarah Eve sixty four. Okay. And then my name's Sarah Horrible. You could also find me by typing in my name. Um, and then I don't have Twitter. Well, I have a Twitter account, but I don't use it. <laughs> you're you're smart. Save yourself the time. Yeah, I can. Only you don't have enough time. Facebook and, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. I can and, only handle two. <laughs> and your website, marathons and manicures, correct? Yes. Marathons and manicures, which I don't update that often, but um, I just wrote a recap of the Cleveland Marathon, and I try to write recaps for bigger races that I run, just because I think it's fun for myself, and I like sharing my experience with other people, and it's almost like a journal to look back at, too. Absolutely. And most importantly, which we have, we cannot forget to mention, one of the Cleveland Magazine's 2019 most, what, influential people, they call it? Yeah, most interesting most people. Most interesting people, yes. <laughs> How was so that experience? Cool. How was that? Oh, my gosh, so exciting. That's something else where I was, like, shocked. My jaw dropped when I was notified of this. I was like, really? Like, me? <laughs> <laughs> so it was so cool. They had a nice... Um, party for us with a little ceremony where they introduced everybody and there was a photo shoot um, and then we were interviewed so they could write a story about each one of us for that particular issue and it's still sitting on my coffee table even though that was the January issue That's and, awesome. my, Hell yeah. and my friend is on the front cover <laughs> I need I need a signed copy of that that's that's awesome yeah <laughs> Well, listen, oh, yeah. like I said to you before, uh, I'm very blown away by your story. I'm going to continue to, to follow your journey. Um, well, it's very you. inspirational. It's cool when you see somebody that's especially local and, you know, when you see that you've got like a regular, you have a regular life. I mean, this is not your, you know, you're, you're working, you have a career, you have a social life, you have family, friends, and mm-hmm. you're mixing it all in with 60, 70 miles a week. It goes to show you that if you... If you're dedicated, you could put your, you know, put your mind to something. You could really achieve almost anything. So that is so true. Thank you for the time, and uh, we'll Thank stay in you. touch. All right. All right, sounds good. Wait, are you going to run a marathon? Oh, geez. After talking to me, <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to go get on my treadmill right now. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> I've been talking smart. about running a marathon for a couple years now, and I, I actually just, I just have to do it. I have to do it. I've. Uh, I got divorced back in December, and uh, and you know I've got three kids, um, so you know I've kind of been just trying to focus on restructuring my life, and I've got more time now to do things and challenge myself and kind of go after things that I didn't have 
as much time to do before. Uh-huh. So the marathon is definitely at the top of my list. That is great. I know somebody I can call now for tips, so it's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I can give you training advice. I can give you workouts. I think that is a good plan, though. It's a great sense of accomplishment I need running that, your first marathon. Hey, listen, if I could just get that runner's high every day, I'll be I'll be thrilled. Get you know. Hey. You'll get there. <laughs> You'll get there. So, uh, yeah, I will be doing it. I, I'm gonna. I still have to do a half marathon too. I've never even done a half, so I. So maybe start with that. Yeah. I would do that first, and then make the transition. What uh, are there any good halves coming up this summer or in this fall? Um. So this fall, the River Run Half Marathon is down in the Metro Parks. There's also the Akron Half Marathon, and then the Columbus Half Marathon. Oh, so there's some good ones to choose from still. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you running in any of those? I am. Um, I'm running the Akron Half Marathon, and then I actually think I'm running the Columbus Half Marathon, too. You know, Alyssa uh, told me that I think she she really liked the Akron Marathon or the Akron Half. Yeah, it's hilly, but Is that's it? Okay. 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 Yeah, it's hilly, but... Um, the trials course is hilly, so I've been telling people that hills are going to become my best friend. There you go. Um, as I'm training for that race, <laughs> just to become accustomed. So yeah. Well, the hill no, running, after, the hill running is huge, right? I mean, it really it makes you a better runner. It makes the it makes the flat run seem like you're running downhill. Seem a lot easier, yeah. 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 But um, yeah, Akron. I've heard good things from everybody who has run it, though that it's a very well organized race. Okay. All right. Good. Well, hey, guys, check her out. Sarah Horrible, horrible, but without the ibble somewhere in the middle there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll link everything up. Like I said, awesome work. Continued success to you, and we'll stay in touch, all right? Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye.